This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! Insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Scott Goldbranson and Mo. Welcome back. It is Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders. He is my co-host, that is, Mo Moten. He's a national NFL writer at Bleacher Report. Also, the Raiders columnist at sportsnot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. On Twitter, I am Scott Colbranson, your co-host, and it is LV Gully on Twitter. Uh, please message me. Nice things. I appreciate that. But anyway, we're here back talking Raiders football uh, on the one-year anniversary of the show here on Odyssey. Uh, Mo, let's talk about Raiders news heading in the camp. Not a lot of it, but the the reaction to the Josh Jacobs situation, everybody's waiting for that shoe to drop on Monday, on deadline day, right? We're rolling up against that. Um, and, and it's funny, our good friend, Mario Tovar, who's always on the show, and he is a good friend of ours from Raider Ramble. Um, he also wrote a piece on the Raiders have to sign them. They have to sign them. They have to set the market. Have, and I, I, we'll get Mario on to tell him that he's completely wrong, but it's really interesting. The, 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 I get it. You know, we've talked about it numerous times and I'm not trying to beat a dead horse. Excuse me, Peter. I'm not trying to beat a dead horse here, but. But if, 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 if the Raiders make a mistake with Josh Jacobs at where they're at, we talked about it last show, actually. If you were a running back away and you just needed to solidify that position to go on a Super Bowl run or to go on at least on a, on a championship run, um, okay, I get it. But the Raiders are not in that position. They still have a lot of work to do on defense. We still have some question marks on offense, offensive line. There's still there's a depth there you got to worry about. Uh, you still don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to stay healthy. If he does stay healthy, I think he has a good season. But I think this whole idea that because your team has a good player, you must sign him, I still don't understand it. I do not think the Raiders will do it. In fact, I would make a bet with somebody out there that the Raiders will not sign him to a new contract. I just don't feel it, Mo. It's interesting you bring this up because on Tuesday, I was at Bleacher, I was at the Bleach Report office with a lot of important people. And I was <laughs> I was asked, uh, (laughs) I guess you could say me too, Uh, but (laughs) I I was asked directly, do you think the Raiders are making a mistake, making a mistake with Josh Jacobs if they don't resign him? And it caught, and and I paused for a minute because the question had never been framed to me in that sense. Shout out Mm. to Wes O'Donnell, who's my assignment editor. He, he posed the, he framed the question that way. And it was kind of like, 
you know, he was asking not what you think the Raiders should do, you know, or not what you think is going to happen, but do you right. think it's a mistake? And I paused and I said, you know what? I, I think it is. And I remember writing a piece a while ago, and I'm not saying that Raiders should sign Josh Jacobs at any dollar amount and set the market, as Mario Tovar was saying. But with Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback, knowing his injury history and knowing how well the offense looked with Josh Jacobs as the engine of it last year, even with Devontae Adams on the field and Derek Carr struggled, the offense was humming when Jerick, when J- Josh Jacobs was running the ball 20 to 25 times, racking up 100-plus yards on the ground. That was the Raiders' bread and butter, butter when they were winning football games. So, in a sense, I think it's a mistake assuming that Josh Jacobs doesn't want to set the market. Now, if he mm. wants $16 million, that's where I would hesitate. But if he's asking for $13, $14 million, which is where I think Saquon Barkley is with the Giants and what he's asking for, what he wants, I, I think it would be a mistake to let him go versus signing him to a $13, $14 million deal, multi-year deal. Now, you don't have to give him four years. I think I came up with a solution on one of our episodes that yeah, a couple weeks I ago. wouldn't sign Josh Jacobs to a three, four year contract or may let me rephrase that. If I did sign to a three year contract, it would have a, a second year out. Right. So basically if I'm not signing to a two year deal after that second year, I can let him go and not have a huge cap penalty. So basically it's a two year deal with guarantees essentially. But after those two years, you can kind of part ways, but, it, I think it's a mistake not resigning him if he's asking for a reasonable amount that's not top of the market deal, assuming that it's $13, 14000000 million. Yes, and, and it's a good point. And I think, Mo, you've heard the term read the room, right? You walk into a room, you're in a conversation, it's like, hey, dude, read the room. Like, understand the signals being sent. Now, I'm not advocating or saying that it's the right one, but I'm just reading the room. And I, I read the room with these guys, with Ziegler and McDaniels, and I just don't feel it. I feel that they really believe, and it's it's to me, it's it, it's fitting that they're in Vegas, because I really believe, Mo, and you just touched on it at the beginning of your statement. There, they are putting their chips behind Garoppolo, and they think he's going to stay healthy, and they think he's going to do well. Now, that's a big gamble to me because of past history, which we've covered extensively here on the show. At the same time, if they're right on Garoppolo then the value of Jacobs, even as good as he is, and I like him as a player, I love him as a guy, he's a great young man. But if you look at the system and what they're able to do, what they did in the draft, getting Michael Mayer, having the the receiving core that they have, um, you don't need the running back to be as good as Josh Jacobs has been. Now, I'm not saying it hurts to have him, but to me, I'm just reading the room, and I, I think that they're going to make their bets there. And to your point, if Josh Jacobs will take less money, not want to set the market, and take a deal like you said, then it's a no-brainer. I mean, you have to do it, right, if, 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 if that's the way it goes. But I feel like what's been said publicly, and again, that could be mis- misleading, so that's a caveat. But by what's been said publicly and by what the Raiders have done in the offseason, and because I know the offensive system – I just think the chances are that they don't and that we're headed to tag. And if he doesn't play on the tag, that's a whole different story. I don't see him doing that. But I just see Josh Jacobs having one more season in Las Vegas, and that's it. And I just can't see setting the market, which so many people now are just saying, pay the guy whatever he wants, which is sort of like being in a car dealership and saying, oh, I like that car. And they add a bunch of prices on it. And you're like, yeah, I'll take it anyway because I want it. It's not smart business. Right, and that's another thing I brought up in my answer to my assignment editor, Wes, is that 
even though I do think it's a mistake, the Raiders aren't going to move the market for a running back. No way. Who would? It, it's just it's just not going to happen based on what's happened. Miles Sanders is afraid to see getting under six point four million. Dalvin Cook being released. There's still whispers that Joe Mixon could still be released. The running back has been devalued this offseason. And the mm-hmm. Raiders, do you think Josh McDaniels, who's run with a running back by committee during most of his time in New England, is going to go out of his way to set the market at a low premium position? It's just not going to happen, even if it's a mistake or not. That's just not how former Patriot guys have done business. And listen, I feel for Raider Nation as fans because you get to know a kid. He comes in as a rookie. He does really well. And, of course, last year was amazing. And then to think that his time might be limited with the Raiders, if not now, but at least in a year, it's tough. You know, as a fan, sports have changed so much now where guys aren't in one place very long anymore. And now you talk about the running running back position, which is not valued. A lot of folks out there by my interactions with them on Twitter – live in the 1990s it's not the 1990s the running back the running back is not the premier position not to say he's not a premier player because he is but it's just it's a different game and so with that said i just don't see it happening i hope i'm wrong i really do this i hope that josh jacobs takes a deal that is really great for him in his future especially financially but also good that enough that the raiders are like okay we can work with you on that let's do that let's keep you in the silver and black for at least three more years Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's funny that we bring this up because I actually wrote a piece that came out on Tuesday, a bold training camp predictions, and I had Josh Jacobs being traded to the Jets. Uh-huh. That's right. The Raiders train wow. Josh Jacobs to the Jets as a bold prediction. And that's not because I'm a closet Jets fan, people. I know some people <laughs> speculate this. But if you look at the reports, the Jets are real player in the Dalvin Cook sweepstakes. They're they're connected to him. I think it was Mike Flora of Pro Football Talks that they're gaining momentum. With Dalvin Cook. Now, Dalvin Cook is going to have options. Tom Pelser of the NFL Network said that he's going to have multiple offers and a significant contract. If the Jets strike out with Dalvin Cook, what would stop them from pivoting to Josh Jacobs if the Rays are willing to trade him for a day two pick? I think it, it could happen. While it's a bold prediction, I think there's a slight possibility that it could work out. Josh Jacobs would go to a contender where he doesn't have to be paid like a hero, as he said during Super Bowl week. Got a lot of help over there. Aaron Rodgers over there. That team is all in on the Super Bowl right now. Yes. If Josh Jacobs wants to go to a team that's closer to a Super Bowl title than the Raiders, the Jets would be it with what they have over there. Yeah, and I, I've seen, of course, a lot of those Derek Carr fans out there who now call them Raiders and Saints fans. That's what they call themselves. Some of them. Um, they they are, oh, what if he got back with Derek Carr? It's like, uh, have you seen the running back room in New Orleans? I don't yeah. think so. But anyway, so there you go. Okay, so that's the Josh Jacobs thing. We will know Monday, and we will tell you on Tuesday morning and give you thoughts on if anything happens between now and then. Uh, Also, I want to touch on this real quick, Mo, before we go to the break here and get to our mailbag segment, which is Clutch Points, the website out there. Uh, The the author of the story is Tim Crean, and it is three cut candidates on Raiders roster ahead of training camp. And it's really interesting because he calls these well-known names for the Raiders that could be cut 
and I just found it really diff difficult to, to swallow a little bit because first of all, we're not, in, and I'm not criticizing it's well-written for what it is. Don't get me wrong. I'm not slamming another writer, but I will say this. He goes through players and big names that could be cut. The first one is OJ Howard. Who's not played a down for the Raiders. How could that be a big cut? Now I know he's a veteran, but and Darren Waller, but but with what they did in the draft, actually, I think OJ Howard's going to have a tough time making the team. I really do. But it, you you see these, and Mo, I want to get your perspective here because you do like you talked about you know wild prediction trade stuff that you did with Bleacher Report. Um, but the names you put forward there are names they'd say, oh yeah, that would be a big deal. Some of these are like OJ Howard. It, it, I'm like, what? I'll give Crane some some leeway with this one because okay. being a writer, I, I know how these things are, are formulated behind the scenes and how they're framed. I, I think I know how you're viewing it. He's not a big name because he one he just got there, hasn't done much over the past years. But OJ Howard was a first round pick out of Bama. A yeah. lot was expected out of OJ Howard when he came out and the Tampa Buccaneers drafted him in the first round. He was expected to be you know, a star. Huge. He was at he was at athletic tight end, who we we see a lot of now. These athletic tight ends rack up a bunch of pass, uh, receiving yards in the passing game. He was expected to be that. He was expected to be the next guy up out there. You know, the Travis Kelseys of the world. Just hasn't panned out that way. So when he says when Crean says big names, I think he means like guys Overall. who were you know first round picks or guys who were you know former Pro Bowlers. Now OJ Howard is in a former Pro Bowl or Pro, but he yeah. was a former first-round pick, so I, I think that's what he means by big name, so to speak. Got it. Okay, I got that one. Now, the second, real quickly, the second and third names. You ready for this? Brandon Bolden. Now, that one I understand because of the, the, the link with McDaniels. And I, I wouldn't see it as a big cut other than a loyalty thing. And plus, we talked about it on this show, right? What did Brandon Bolden do last year? He was touted as a guy who knows the offense. Now, maybe in practice, he helped guys out a lot. I have no idea. But when it came to playing on the field, um, you know, 16 games, 17 carries, 66 yards, nine catches. Like, he, he, he wasn't really present uh, for those, those, those games, and they didn't really use him much. Now, now see, I would, I would push back and say that's not a big name. Because Brandon Bolden right. <laughs> wasn't like highly touted. He's never been like the guy out of the backfield either. He's never been a primary right. starting running back really. And in recent years, he's been mostly a special teamer. So yeah, I, I actually I know he has the link to Josh McDaniels, but I expect Brandon Bolden to to be to be cut actually. Yes, and 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 that's what he talked about to 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 make his point for him, uh, and is that. He has two Super Bowl rings. He came over. He was supposedly an important ingredient to make sure the Raiders learn the offense. And again, yeah. maybe he did accomplish that. Maybe he helped significantly in that area. It's something we wouldn't see. So I get it. Now, the third one, Jerry Tillery, Whoa. which I thought was surprising um, because you look at Adam Butler, John Jenkins, Neil Farrell Jr., Matthew Butler, and of course, Byron Young, we talked about on this show, as well as Nesta Jade Silvera. A lot of bodies there. Um, I actually disagree with him on this one. I think Jerry Tillery um, will, and it could happen, but I, I think that he's going to, he, he had a, except for the big penalty, of course, we know about. Um, he, he had a pretty good year. He's got to do better, but I think having him there and having this competition around him, I actually expect him to make the team. What about you, Mo? 
Yeah, he's he's definitely a big name. Another former first round pick yes. by the Chargers. Absolutely. Was expected to be a big part of that defensive line. Didn't pan out. But as you said, he, even Vic Tafer wrote a piece saying that Jerry Tillery is the one guy that that's a lock on the defensive line. He said yeah. everyone else is fighting for roles. He said Jerry Tillery is basically, you know, he's gonna make the roster. He's gonna be a big part of that defensive line rotation. And remember, as you pointed out, once he got there, it kind of unlocked Chandler Jones on the outside. So mm-hmm. remembering that, if Chandler Jones was able to play well with some uh, defensive pressure, some pocket pressure on the interior from Jerry Tillery, there's no way he's going to get cut unless he has another bonehead move during <laughs> training camp where he's like fighting guys in the summertime and they like, you know, we, we need we don't need this at camp. Unless something like that happens, he's making the roster. Yeah, I agree 100%. So, uh, but interesting, you know, there's not a lot of news out there. It's the one story that popped up that I looked at and thought, oh, we'll talk about that because uh, they are names. And, and once we get into camp and we get an idea of how guys are doing, then we'll certainly talk about what we're seeing and what could happen. And the Raiders still could be very active in the acquisition market. So we, we just don't know how it's all going to unfold, but we will within a couple of weeks here. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, it's time for your words. Yes, we get to the Raider Nation mailbag, a part of the week that Mo and I love. So we'll get back to that here. You're listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast covering the Raiders. We're coming back right after these words. Don't go anywhere. 